0: I've got a load of Russian students tearing it up. And I've got the biggest diamond in the world. I mean, that's just what it is. (laughs) That's not an oblique
1: reference. That's just (laughs) what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 Uh, I got a big piece of ice that's not going to melt for a change. That would have worked. That would have been better. Do you want to do that? Go on. (laughs) I got a big... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't get through this. I'm just gonna put this in. I'll just keep this <laughs> in. And welcome to Date Fight, which Hello. inexplicably is still in January. Oh, this has been the longest January on record. <laughs> was it ever still January? Yes, it's uh, the podcast where we take great moments that happen on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we
0: do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And today we have looked through the brain of history to find the two
1: slowest firing neurons and making them fight for your love very very sluggishly. Um what I would say is that thank you to everyone who's been a regular listener to this podcast because you have helped it go yes. I would say coronavirus. Is that a fair thing to say? It absolutely is. It's making people, well, it's making a lot of people ill. Like it's not huge, it's about eight people worldwide. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And four people in Scotland might have it. So, you know, that's
1: genuinely it's I think, about the same numbers yeah i think we're about the same let's see though how it all develops over the weekend because you know with a bit of luck
0: by monday we could have gone viral in london <laughs> oh god this is so hard <laughs> let's do it okay i'm taking you back <laughs> i'm glad that there are regular listeners because anyone who isn't a regular listener will have been massively put off so far and that we've managed to yeah. in about three minutes convey no information at all Wrong! I'm taking you back to the 25th of January, 1905, Mm. when Frederick Wells was 18 feet underground at the Premier Mine in Pretoria. When he saw something sparkling above him, he reached up, pulled it out of the earth and found a 3,106-carat diamond, the biggest in the world. It weighed 1.3 pounds. So how big actually is that? It's not that big. I don't It must be, like, almost a bowl of sugar,
1: I guess. Weight is always sugar, isn't it? It can't be bigger than, say, an apple, because it's denser than an apple, and three apples is a pound, that's how I remember how big a pound is. Let's call <laughs> it an apple's worth of diamond. What did they... did? Um, is this the Kuri Noor or It's,
0: Cal- it's Kalinan, named after the person who owned the mine, Sir Thomas Kalinan, who saw it, and at, at once he thought, I must give this to somebody, and so he gave it to the Transvaal government, and the Transvaal government went, well, we should give it to Edward the Seventh as a gift. And Edward Seventh saw it and said, yes, I should keep this for myself. That's definitely for me. Yes, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> that, that sounds I'm about king. right. Yeah. Uh, so he arranged a fake boat to transport a phony diamond, which had a whole phony security crew on to get it from South Africa back to England. Wow. Uh, when it got back here, he entrusted it to, to Joseph Asher, who had cut the, what was previously the world's biggest diamond um, in 1893. And Asher studied the
1: diamond for six months before he attempted to cut it. Good heavens above. He just sat there looking at it. Well, that was it, but it was genuinely like, you know, you put the chisel on the edge and you give it a whack in those days, right?
0: Yeah, he had a saw and the first saw he applied to it, after six months he sat down, applied the saw to it and broke the saw straight away because the diamond was so hard. It was, was quite difficult to cut I've heard
1: that about diamonds. D- this guy's a moron. <laughs> he
0: just, I mean, he, the one he'd done before was essentially by luck. He
1: took his sharpest
0: kitchen knife. <laughs> he just drop it. Yeah. When he got it to Shatter later in the day, he fainted through relief.
1: Right, I'd heard that story. I remember the fainting <laughs> part.
0: Uh, he got nine large stones out of it and a hundred small ones, which he says was intentional. But to me, that sounds like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I wanted: yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. nine large ones and a hundred small ones. Not one though. I did ask just asking for one big diamond. Yeah, it's, it's a, no longer the world's biggest diamond, is it? Pre- well, no, but you know, it's premium gravel. <laughs> Anyway, it's now called the big bit. The biggest bit's called the Star of Africa, and it's on the scepter in the Crown Jewels, so you can go and look at it there. If you <laughs> as want far as you're concerned, and consent. the second biggest one is also there on the crown. It costs a cost of fortune to get into the Tower of London, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it? I know. Yeah. Well, you've got to pay for all these enormous diamonds. Yeah, that were given away. Given to gifts. Yeah. essentially we're paying to look at someone's Christmas presents. Wow. Actually, it wasn't a Christmas present, it was a birthday present. It was a birthday present for Edward Can you
1: imagine that, like, the brass net, you're going to, you know, it's the largest diamond in the world, and we'd like to give it to you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. All right, see you later, yeah? <laughs> Just sitting in the VIP bit. All right, see you later, yeah? Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you Do you
0: reckon he's going through all the diamonds he gets given every year. No, rubbish, yeah. throw it away, Muck.
1: smallest, re-gift,
0: ugly. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that was the twenty fifth of January, nineteen o five, the discovery of one of the crown, two of the crown jewels, and
1: uh, the biggest diamond in the world. It's a wonderful day, the day you truly discover the crown <laughs> jewels, isn't it? I'm going to take you to the twenty fifth of January, seventeen fifty five, and it's the establishment of uh, Moscow, mm. as our friends in America say, Moscow University. Ooh. Uh, why was it established on the 24th of January? Because it's Tatiana Day.
0: Oh, what what is Tatiana Day? Is it the day when lots of people order wives off the internet?
1: <laughs> what?
0: How did you get to that? From Tatiana. What? Tatiana, the Russian woman's name. Famous Russian
1: Probably the only famous Russian woman's name. Listen, whatever obsession you <laughs> developed with page 37 <laughs> of the catalogue, I, you know, that's your business. Yeah. Anyway, it's named after Saint Tatiana, who I didn't really bother to uh, look up. No, nope. but the university was established because uh, this woman, Tatiana Rodionovna, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, sorry, I don't understand any of this. <clears throat> I'm so I think sorry. We should keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been ragged enough as <laughs> it know. is. Uh, St. Tatiana was declared the patron saint of students. Ah. Uh, she famously, during her lifetime, uh, watched Countdown and Eight Pot Noodles uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a way of devoting herself to Christ. <laughs> uh, so it became celebrated as effectively Students' Day. Lovely. So the Church of St. Tatiana was built on the university campus of Moscow. Mm -hmm. And they have a service there every year on the 25th of January. And then there are speeches and then there are prizes. And then everybody gets absolutely ruined. Really? At a festival in Russia? And they have done for over 200 years. In 1885, Chekhov wrote, This year, everything was drunk except the water from the Moscow River. And only because it was frozen.
0: (laughs) So they didn't need ice cubes for any of their drinks, did
1: they? I guess not. I don't. Th- I don't think there was time. Yeah. Uh, parties begin with a traditional mead. Oh, that's just not. That's not. That's not going to be fun vomiting. No. And mead so vomit. now these celebrations spread to most university towns in Russia, and it's also the end of the first term of the traditional academic year in Russia, mm. uh, and in Ukraine as well. It's the end of the winter exams, and then they have a two-week holiday. And frankly. It is carnage. <laughs> Every last bottle of aftershave has been downed.
0: <laughs> we should we should go along next year. We'll visit them on St. Tatiana's day, shall we? Yes. Next year from Russia.
1: We'll do a date fight special, why
0: not? Yes,
1: place fight. Because, you know, we, so we're probably going to, like, we're, we're planning we're going to hold a big party on the first anniversary of this podcast. 5th of November. And we'll probably blow somewhere between 20 and 40 grand. Oh, I would imagine. Because we've made so much money out of this so far. <laughs> How much have we made? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. No, don't, no. I don't it would it. make What's you sad point? in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm, at, I'm on the floor as it is. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Does it even pay for the electricity, let alone the travel? Probably not. Let's talk about birthdays. <laughs> Happy
0: birthday. birthday. <laughs> to Marjorie Sharp, who wrote The Rescuers. Oh! Um, yeah. Uh, no one's read it. We've all seen the cartoon. No one really no, remembers I've the read it. I've read
1: all of them. Have you? I've read The Turret. I've read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're really well written books and they're really worth reading. Yep. Like, the, the films are great, but oh my god, The Rescuers, the book. It's really dark. Lovely. It's actually um, a, a poet who is imprisoned. Right. And he's being kept in sort of isolation, and he's basically a sort of dissident poet. Yeah. And they have to go and free him from this dungeon, and it is dark as all get-out. It's really good. Well, let's go and read that. Read it. We will. I will. Yeah. Why are we... All right, let's just stop. Let's just stop
0: and go and read The Rescuers. Happy birthday to Robert Boyle, the chemist who was responsible for Boyle's Law, Boyle's Constant... And the idea of boiling things. Lancing boils. Lancing boils, yes. And foils War, um, after a misprint in the... Doesn't matter. (laughs) Radio (laughs) Times. (laughs) Happy birthday to Virginia Woolf, who said a woman must have money and a room of her own if she is to write fiction. She had both, and so she did. Happy Death Day to Ava Gardner! She got a BAFTA and a Golden Globe and she was married to Mickey Rooney and Frank Sinatra and Artie Shaw! That's Ava Gardner! Um, happy Death Day to Maud de Ufford! She was the mother of Robert Devere, the 8th Earl of Oxford, who was Richard II's favourite. Uh, she was pretty good, because when the Earl of Oxford threw over his uh, fiance for someone else, she took the fiance's side and told her son off publicly. Um, later on, when Richard II was deposed by Henry IV, she made a plan to assassinate Henry IV, but they found out, so she was sent to the Tower of London. Uh, that's Maud Dufford. She is Interesting. Also, happy death day to Al Capone, who died of a stroke at the age of 47. Blimey.
1: Thanks for that, mate. (laughs) We should probably pre-record October onwards. Yeah, just to make sure. Yeah. It's the
0: 25th of January
1: 1960, and the National Association of Broadcasters... Ooh, the NAB. yes. They react to the Payola scandal yes. by threatening fines for any disc jockeys. Disc jockeys who mm. accept money for playing particular <laughs> records. Now, I didn't realise that Payola uh, had such a long history. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a more recent thing that happened yeah. kind of in the 80s, but no. It, it was happening in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew. So the, the Hit Parade in America, the original Hit Parade which was, uh, yeah. It was yeah, and it was on the NBC. Billboard Hit Parade. Uh, for 20 years they when people said well how, how do you uh, how do you how do you get to number 1 then what's, what's uh, they're like oh, you know um uh, that we judge it on the requests we've had <laughs> at the radio station and and and, and sheet music sales and, and 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 what what dance hall favorites at the discotheques and jukebox tabulation and bribes and bribes mainly bribes so <laughs> i think that would be really mainly bribes
0: my son get mainly just, bribes get yourself to a bribe shop yes. and bribe yourself a dj do you have a record <laughs> do you have some money give it to me i like the idea that anyone would have thought english
1: djs were worth bribing <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well most of them yeah so uh there were some uh, interesting finds i mean uh, one one dj a guy called phil lind of chicago's w-a-i-t mm. Wait! Right. He disclosed in a congressional hearing that he had taken $22,000 to play a record. Wow. Which is extraordinary. What I also didn't know is that payola mm. comes from the uh, sort of suffix, the ola bit. Mm. It was just a thing in the early, th- yeah. early 20th century. Well, so It was you oils, mainly, had- really,
0: wasn't it? It was canola, was corn oil. Right. And I think the ola meant oily, like oil of ole was just...
1: Oily oil. Well, there was Shinola which yeah. uh, is a, like a polish, I think. Yeah. But there was also Pianola, which I'm sure you've heard of. Ferry yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got one of those. It's a greasy penis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Victrola Amberola, actually Crayola yeah. harks back from that yeah. time. And it, here's the one that astonished me. Whoa. Motorola. Yeah. They were founded in 1928. Oh. Really, I assume they just rocked up in the 80s or something or you know no. but no they 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 were there in 1928 they they started by building uh mechanisms that allowed you to bypass the battery on your wireless set and plug it into the mains that sounds very good amazing it's like do you
0: know what Mitsubishi started off making go on and you can still get pencils. Wow. Mitsubishi pencils. Mitsubishi were the finest pencil maker in Japan and now they make almost everything else. Yeah,
1: but I've heard they're... But you can still get the pencils. I've heard they're unleaded. <laughs> okay. Okay, mate. Welcome to Dad's Chat History. <laughs> okay. Um, here we are uh, in the shed uh, discussing history. And we're having a really good time. So, well, this is our fourth
0: consecutive episode on World War Two because I don't think you can ever get too much of the World Wars. Um, now, the
1: thing is, you know, like my wife always says, um, I've got some kind of fascination with nazis uh now no i would say that, well no yes yes i have i can't stop thinking about but they them.
0: were a very fascinating bunch i mean you know if you remove the evil from the equation what you end up with is a lot of very fashionable good looking yeah. good managers yeah i mean yeah you know if you remove genocide what's wrong with the nazis right the trains <laughs> Or some, yeah, no. they ran on time. Oh right, yeah, that's what I meant. No. Okay, so today we're talking about Rommel: hero or misunderstood?
1: <laughs> uh, you see, you've gone so granular that I know you've had to listen to some of these. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at some point in your life you've there been is one, stuck with this. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, there is one history podcast in the top twenty at the moment which I could point at and it's being very similar to the discussion we've just had. Amazing, but I'm not gonna do it. Um, I'm going to take you to the 25th of January, 1995 Oh, that's what I was going to say in the I've got, I was going, I've got that time you almost died but didn't know
1: it Okay, well that's fine I, I literally would have lifted it and put it in the it thing It should have been good as a teaser But here, it's less impressive here Or not, I don't know, we'll see Hey <laughs> On the 25th of January,
0: 1995 Russia's early warning defence radar Detected an unexpected missile it, launch in the from Norway the in the, yes, that is most of <laughs> Russia. Uh, Boris Yeltsin was immediately... Boris Yeltsin, who, at the time, let's remember, was famous for ruining dinners by saying that Bjorn Borg looked like the meatballs <laughs> and other
1: erratic behaviour caused oh, by yes. his medication. Yes, yes, that's 100% overproof <laughs> medication.
0: Yeah, so this is this period, Boris Yeltsin. Let's say his ruddy face was presented with this information um, and... <laughs> The nuclear command system was turned to combat mode and he had to open the nuclear suitcase and for the first time in its existence it was activated to prepare for launch. A couple of minutes later they said that the missile would land probably outside Russia but the commands implied they should probably still launch a response... Um, it wasn't until then that someone remembered that this was a scientific ro- rocket launched from Spitsbergen, uh, which the Norwegians had told everyone about nine days before, but the people in the Russian Defence Ministry had forgotten to mention it to anyone else.
1: Ooh.
0: So we were within minutes of nuclear war because someone just forgot to pass on a message. Oh. But that was the problem with the old days. You know, if you got back and someone else had listened to the answer phone, Yeah. you know, that's the 90s for you. There was no voicemail on your mobile. Like, Did you delete the messages on this? Yes, but they're only for me. Uh Norway <laughs>
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yep, yeah, so we all almost died on the twenty fifth of January nineteen ninety five. Well, those of us who existed then. Yeah. If anyone's younger than that who is listening now, just stop. This isn't for you. You don't you don't want to be here.
1: <laughs> Did you even get the joke about Jeffrey Holland the other day? Probably not. <laughs> and here's the point, is you know, had you stopped and Googled it, would it have been worth it? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Deep fate. Not
0: quite worth it. The History Shed with two dads. Two dads. Uh, signing off. Tomorrow we will be looking at which was the best tank offensively.
1: Oh that's a, that's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. It's
1: it's gotta be uh, the
0: uh Sherman. The iron pig Sh- as it was known. <laughs> yeah. Uh favoured of uh, General MacArthur. Uh yeah. Yeah. I no, mean you give me that over
1: nine panzers any day. I've actually had a go in one of those uh, beasts, and uh, I can tell you right now, uh, I got the absolute raging.
0: (laughs) uh, (laughs) Which is good because the barrel of the gun is just the right size for inserting oneself into uh, at the point of completion. I was told to Uh, leave the Tank Museum later that day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was fine with a 9mm, but. um, um... (laughs) Don't let my wife hear this. (laughs) Uh, It's all right, she's not listening. (laughs) see you tomorrow (laughs) I want with you (laughs) you're the only one that understands me Uh sorry I meant yes okay (laughs) right see you all tomorrow (laughs) I have no idea where we are. Where are we? Oh, we've done the thing, right? Yeah, we're just saying <laughs> goodbye to everyone, <laughs> <laughs> leaving them with a horrifying image to fill their day. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Do come back tomorrow for so more of this. We, well, oh. tomorrow, excitingly as well, we'll find out the results of this week's date fights, which you will have decided. So, if, it, if it's bad tomorrow, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no chance. No one's bailing us out of this. We did
0: this. No, I know. Sorry
1: about it, We love you. Sorry we can that. change and we will tomorrow on Day fight Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Bye. bye. two Dad's in the History Shed in association with Irving Specialist Wartime Memorabilia, Hastings.